Welcome to Bitten by a Radioactive Podcast, where we give powers to a name. Good evening, everyone. We're back, of course. I mean, we kind of do this on a weekly schedule now, so if you're surprised by this, don't be. Don't be surprised by us. Yeah, maybe get your memory checked. Yeah, we do strike from the shadows, but we we do a good job at announcing our presence as well. Should we start the episode again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go ahead and no, do that. No, no, let's just carry on. Okay, so... What have you been reading, Dean? Hold up, Jade. Hold up. What? Um, so I was editing episode 10, uh, Falafel Biscuit, which for start, I'm real happy with how it came out. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I noticed something while I was editing. Uh, Jade, what do you hear when I say the word bath? Oh, for fuck's sake, not this. What do you hear when I say that word, Jade? Well, being a properly spoken, well-spoken southerner, <laughs> I thought you said bath as in T-H- as in the wet stuff. Not barf as in RF, as in the other wet stuff. As you told me yesterday. and Wait, I... is, is that actually what it was? Because I, th- I also thought it was TH. Yeah, yeah. Thank oh you. Back me up here. I wasn't the only one that made that assumption. I just you... thought you were being particularly well-spoken for a change, Dean. You smelly southerners. Oh, my God. No, it was barf because it's like a whole clown thing, wasn't it? What barf, kind of though. a clown takes a bath? For the whole episode, we kept like I vaguely mentioned like water and, Take, and bathing, taking a bath, yeah, and I, clean like cleanliness, and you never pointed it out. Did it not once occur did, to you? What, what did you think they were bathing in? Well, oh. I was bringing up, I was bringing up all this messy stuff, so I was like, oh, it's kind of like a counter to that. No. Now, now that I realised, listening over that, I was a, a big old idiot, actually. Big old dub dub. Yeah. So. It was falafel bath. We need to call him falafel biscuit to reap repercussions. Yes, we do. I guess apologies. <laughs> uh, sh- Apology not accepted. Um. So, listeners, you have the full name now. You you've discovered the Easter egg behind falafel biscuit's <laughs> middle name. End my suffering, Jade. What have you been reading? Oh, okay. Me first, is it? You first. Oh boy. Um. Well. What What have you been reading in the bath? I don't read in the bath. I tried Books that. Books in once. the bath. Are you mad? Yeah. No. What the heck? The pages started curling, and oh I God. started panicking, and I leapt out the bath, and I was like, "Dry everything. Dry it off." <laughs> Get the hair dryer out and just immediately. I don't blast have a hair dryer. You should know this. You live with me. Uh. Mm. <laughs> Jane, what have you been reading? Tell oh, us. Oh God. Okay. Fine. I've been reading a comic uh, called Alfie. Have either of you oh. heard of it? I have not. I've seen the Jude Law film. It's not Alfie. in any way related to Jude Law. <laughs> oh, okay. This is different. This is new. In fact, I discovered it um, when I was reading the Ojoy Sex Toy comic one day. Oh. Yeah, it was it was one of the banner ads, um, and I was just intrigued by just the most striking, gorgeous pinup of uh, a halfling woman. Oh, I see. So it's like a a, a fantasy thing. It's uh. Pretty much. I mean, uh, it's a fantasy, fantasy thing. That's for sure. <laughs> but I mean, uh... Yes, it's it's the f- most fantastical fantasy fantasy comic. Um, no, it's uh, the probably best way of putting it would be picture the sexiest possible version of Lord of the Rings, and you're there. I mean, a lot of people might argue that Lord of the Rings is already quite sexy, but <laughs> it's nothing on Alfie. I'll give you a little sort of whistle stop version of the uh, story because it's it's actually very complex for a story essentially about sex it's about uh, a young halfling woman called Alfie who stumbles across her 
best friend having sex with a man. And by that, I don't mean a halfling man. I mean a human man, man. man. yes. So there's um, quite a size difference there, if you know what I'm saying. Alfie's intrigued uh, because the village where she's from is very kind of conservative and it's complicated for her because her father is in a terrible kind of relationship with her mother because they're married but while his mo- uh, while her mother sorry is you know obsessed with him and and totally in love with him he is in love with another man from the village okay so mm-hmm. you know he's he's just content to kind of put on this front for the village but do his own thing in his own time yes. you know out of the public eye and so alfie is like really conflicted cuz she has been raised by her mother to sort of behave but she also has this rebellious streak from her father so the story is about her kind of finding herself uh, through like this huge variety of relationships. Uh, and what what do you enjoy about this comic, Jade? Well, as I mentioned, the banner that originally got me to try it out was just gorgeous. Like, um, it was a full color banner, but when I clicked through, the prologue of the comic is in uh, sort of grayscale, hmm. and uh, I was like, oh, that that's a bit of a shame. But it was still super impressive because it was just so detailed and the anatomy is fantastic which is obviously very important for a sexy comic of course and you know the expressions the page layouts the the writing as well the writing is stellar it's just such an impressive comic it's probably my favorite sex comic i mean a lot of people might be surprised at the the lengths that people go to really flesh out their sexy comics the the one thing the one thing i'll say that kind of brings it up above a lot of other sex comics is that the artist who I forgot to mention their name is In Case. There's no other information I can find about them. Mm-hmm. That's that's just their pseudonym, I guess. But they have this interesting technique of making bodies transparent in some scenes so that you can see the person sort of behind certain body parts and what their expressions are, what they're doing, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just a visual feast. Cool. Cool. That sounds very nice, and I'm nervous about what we're going to put on our Twitter page this coming Wednesday. <laughs> well, it's an adventure series as well. Like, it has a plot, so I'll, oh, I'll be able cool. to put up, you know, safer that's work right. pages. <laughs> it's just a sexy plot. Exactly. Josh, well volunteered. <laughs> What's been on your menu this week? Well, Dean and Jade, do you know what I haven't been preaching recently? I haven't been preaching the word of the good book. And by the good book, I mean Mark Russell and Steve Pugh's The Flintstones. Oh, no, uh, here we go. <laughs> I feel as I've I been, don't talk about this comic enough. I've been waiting for this. Josh, fucking lay this shit down. Now, we kind of teased it at the start of the podcast, I seem to remember. We, I think we tweeted about it a fair bit. We were talking yeah, about we how tweeted good about the, um, the various... Elmer Fudd, was it? Yeah, the various Hanna-Barbera team-ups. Mm. So I thought, oh... I was just looking through my bookcase and I thought, oh, look, there, there's the Flintstones. Time to pick it up and enjoy it once again. What a beautiful sentence. What do I love about the Flintstones? Well, everything? Everything. Not- so everything here is giving you a Yabadoo time. Yeah. And by Yabadoo, you eventually find out is some kind of coping mechanism for a war with more Neanderthal people, I seem to remember. Oh, yeah. Jesus. So... If it, that kind of tells you what this kind of reimagining of the Flintstones is. It's kind of taking similar concepts, so like talking animals or yabba dabba do, and kind of 
taking them in interesting places, I guess. Hmm. Um, I, I remember you talking about it being sort of a slight commentary on, like, commercialism and stuff as well. Yeah, there's an entire issue um, about what everyone... I think they call it crap, I believe. Is, <laughs> okay. It's the best way of putting it. And it's like, everyone wants loads of crap. And it, hmm. yeah, it just kind of goes on a lot about commercialism. There's In the second volume, there's a lot of stuff to do with politics, because it is the time. And also, um, Mark Russell also wrote a really cool mini-series for DC a couple of years back called Prez, about the yeah. first um, president voted in by social media about this young girl called Beth Ross, who is mm-hmm. a viral sensation on YouTube and then ends up becoming president of the US. Jeez. That sounds incredible. It, it's, it's really good. It only ran for, I want to say, eight issues, but it was really funny. Mark Russell kind of takes those kind of things and he kind of throws it into a Flintstones kind of setting. Uh, Which, of course, is going to bring the comedy out in it. Yeah, it does. You know, if you take it to kind of the extreme, um, there's an issue about um, a lot of the great gazoo type aliens coming down for, like, invading. But eventually it just oh turns God. out it's pretty much their spring break. Okay. <laughs> but it's really just funny series. That, like, the art has got a lot of really, like, nice little smart jokes kind of just imprinted in there. Hmm. And, yeah, I love the Flintstones. And I will never not stop. Never not stop loving the Flintstones. It turned out to be a good comic. Who knew? Who fucking knew? I mean, like, everyone's banging on about, like, Alma Fudd and Batman, but the real gold is in them stones, them flint stones. Yeah. Yep. Kind of works. No, I, th- I think that worked. I think you got it. You nailed it. Excellent. Speaking of me making a mess of things, let me tell you what I've been reading about. Please do. I have been reading a little comic that's been... It's it's one of my favorites. Again, I saw it on um on the bookshelf and I decided to pluck it out and sort of relive that wonderful summer. And by summer, I mean The Summer of Blake Sinclair by Sarah Ooh. Burgess. Sarah, wonderful artist. And I think she wouldn't mind me saying that she's a little bit of a hipster herself. A little bit out there. And it's wonderfully expressed in this comic, which is all about hipsters, dramas, and r- very messy relationships. So let me get you the lowdown. Um, it's all about Blake Sinclair himself. Uh, he's a what you might call a painfully honest guy. He was very bored of the whole indie scene he's been uh, sort of gravitated towards to. And uh, he's kind of sick of all the baggage and the, the gossiping and the, the judgments, etc. And uh, in one particular occasion where he's very honest about a woman who he just pr- pretty much straight up says, I'm, I'm not really interested in you. You're making more of our relationship than you thought. A young meat girl called Ruthie is very attracted to that quality of him that that honesty and they end up becoming friends but then their friendship becomes a little bit more messy when blake's best friend from out of town comes in and blake's ends up sleeping with various people and falling in love with others and it just creates this tight hipster net of relationships and broken hearts and arguments and it I think that's the the very core of this comic. It's very character driven. It's very person to person, heart to heart in terms of how the plot moves forward. It's it's very uh, down to earth. What isn't down to earth though? It's is Sarah's art, which is just so airy and cartoony, and her posing and character work is just incredible. You could very well follow it without any speech bubbles whatsoever. She does. She nails those emotions just 
spot on. I think Jade would agree with me with that. Oh, definitely. I was actually just looking up at one of the original pages I have of hers on my wall. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. We're big fans. We're big fans. Yeah, her art's really expressive. Um, But Mm. it it, it amuses me that you described um, how you described Blake. Because in my head, he's just always an entitled little fuckboy shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's another interpretation of him. But that's probably just because I empathize a lot with Ruthie. So yeah, yeah. The, like I said, the style is very um, like gentle and loose. It's almost like recalling a summer gone by. That's how I describe the art Perfect. and the colors to yeah. people. Yeah, definitely check it out. Um, she released a real thick book of it a few years ago. If you can find that, it's a it's a gorgeous thing to have on your I'm shelf. Sure we, I'm sure we can find a link and put that on our um, recommendations. Oh, definitely. And you can look forward to those recommendations Wednesday, Newcomer Book Day, on our uh, Twitter page, at BBR underscore podcast, because as much as we describe what these comics are and how they work, it's pretty hard to describe what they look like, so we'll post some pictures up there and gush about them a little bit more. So, we should push forward, but beforehand, let me remind y'all folks out there and talk to you y'all folks if you leave us a nice itunes review there is a very good chance that we might use your name or might fuck that we will use your name on our show to generate a superhero we'll put your name through the the various cogs and factories and internal machinations and we'll use that basis to create a fully fledged superhero so leave us an itunes review See what happens with your name. You too can be a hero. Speaking of heroes, do you guys want to create a superhero? Yes, please. Yeah. Um, this is the point where I usually describe a very ornate slash nonsensical uh, generator or prompt. But hey, guess what? It's my night off. It's <laughs> it's my time off today. Because I, I told Josh, I was like, Josh, it's your turn. Take the reins. You're big enough now. I believe in you. I'm going to push you out, out the nest. So... Josh, you can take it from here. Okie doke. Well, Dean and Jade, this <laughs> week, mm-hmm. I've kind of, I've just gone for a simple car name generator. Hello. All right. But in order for us to generate this name, we must go through eight questions. Oh. 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 I see. I like this. Now, in, in this, it may all, it may kind of compromise the idea of this podcast because some of these questions I think may inform upon who we, um, what our hero is going to be for this week. Oh, okay. So, I'd just like to start us off. Um, it's a bit of an iffy question for the first one, but what do you think you'll... <laughs> go, go on. Wow, this, this is a really badly uh, worded question. What right. do you think you car is a boy or girl? Oh. Jade, um, what do you think you car? Oh, um... Uh, well, uh, 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 hold on. Because okay. I have four options for you, because this is multiple choice. Four options, Wow. Four right. options, and they are potentially, pr- well, not potentially, they're pretty bad options. Okay. Definitely, it's a boy, teenage boy, lady, girl. Oh, that's kind of lame. We've had two boy heroes in a row. Yep. Do we want teenage girl, or do we want lady? Is there an invisible fourth circle that you can click? It'll be an in- invisible fifth circle. Oh, but sorry, I feel fifth, as though yeah. if we just uh, go with anyone, we could probably just ignore this. Because some of the names that I've done in the past, some of them have kind of been gender specific, but then some of them have really not been. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, Put teenage girl and we'll move on. Yes. Boom. Let's quickfire these. Next question. What color is your car? Navy blue. 
yellow, red, or black? What what odd picks? Um, I know your choice, yellow, right? Yeah. I'm going to have to go yellow. Yes, yellow. please. Sorted. Okay, okay. What type of car do you have? A cute little car? A big bad car? New speedy car? Or an old-fashioned car? Old-fashioned. Old-fashioned. Poof. Sorted. So, so far we're going to go for an old-fashioned girl. Yellow girl. Yellow girl. Okay. What will you do if you saw that light up at a traffic light? Yellow cutler. What? What? <laughs> I think they mean, what do you do if you see amber? Yeah. Like, do, do you... you speed ahead or... Oh, well, yes. Do you go as fast as I can? Ah. Speed up. Emergency braking. Slowly stopped. I emergency brake and I pull a sweet skid. Is that an option? Emergency braking's there. We'll imagine that there's a sweet skid. Okay. Mm-hmm. With which animal you associate your car? Cat, oh my God. jaguar, rabbit, or horse? Now, jaguar's a bit leading... As is horse. A bit on the nose, isn't it? Yeah, can we yeah. go rabbit? Let's go rabbit. See, like, these ingredients are cooking up a nice visual in my head, but we need the car. We need the car name. Okay. What type of music are you listening the most often while driving? <laughs> these questions are killing me. Uh, R&B, rock, pop, or country? R&B, please. <laughs> okay. If you close your eyes, where you imagine yourself driving a car? A road? Among the nature. <laughs> Parking near a shopping mall. Now, I think sh- it's... <laughs> I, think oh, it means mall. Mall. I think it means mall, but shall we go with shopping mail? Yes. I w- shopping <laughs> or, mail, please. Or uh, the other two are in a big city or on a high-speed track. But I'm quite a fan of shopping mails. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to go shopping mail. Let's all go to the mail. <laughs> Let's all go to the mail. So Let's let me all- let me just clarify. We're all... Uh, assuming the same thing here i'm talking about shopping mail as in a dude walking along with shopping bags yes yeah, yeah. I, I i thought it was like like a giant post office and that's why <laughs> we have to clarify okay uh and the final question if you change a standard beep on your car what will you choose <laughs> um, um now i'm not sure if, do, do you know what a standard beep is oh a standard beep Honk. Oh, fuck. Um, because the options we've been I'll given... I'll perform them for you. ...is a queen, don't stop me now. Honk, perform honk, honk, honk. <laughs> uh, Beyonce, run the world, if you want to do that one. Honk, 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 honk. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. Bon Jovi living on a prayer. <laughs> what? What was that? It, it, it was at yeah. the end of it. Whoa, living on a prayer. I can't remember oh, how okay. that goes. <laughs> oh my. Um, or Rihanna with Umbrella. Uh, can we go with that one, please? Yes. Any of you perform it? Uh, hold on. Um, best bit of it to perform. Let me think. Let me think. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't think. Jade. All I can beep, see is beep, Tom beep, Holland beep, dancing. Beep 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 beep. <laughs> yeah, that's it, isn't it? Beep, 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 beep. Now, I have our name. Okay. What the fuck is this name? Um, The description (laughs) they've put, it's a perfect name because it show character of your car. Hipster, calm and lonely. We have got Baby Stoppy Montoya. (gasps) What? (laughs) What? Now, Jade and Dean, please build me a hero based around the name Baby Stoppy Montoya. (laughs) Baby Stoppy Montoya. So stopping Montoya. The characteristics you gave us. Yep. Hipster, lonely, and calm. Yep. 
and calm. Yep. Baby Stoppy Montoya <laughs> is some sort of almost maybe like a hacker or something, some sort of computer-based lonely person. Sorry, computer-based people, but it tends to be a lonely job. Fuck, my, my head's still a little bit swimmy from that generation. Fucking, I gave you the reins and you fucking first-timed it. Good job, Josh. <laughs> I was really worried because there was one that I tried that came out as like Otto the Car Barbarian. <laughs> which, oh. uh, I, I feel as though there's a lot more with Baby Stopping Montoya. Baby, st- I mean, the whole like stoppy immediately <laughs> implies some sort of superheroism. I stop you the crime. Yeah, I'm just picturing them standing like with their hand out in a stop motion and saying, prepare to die. Oh, are they kind of like a quiet put? Yeah, of course they're quiet. They're calm, aren't they? Yeah. Baby Stoppy Montoya. Baby Stoppy makes me think that they're good with kids. <laughs> they stop you the baby? They stop you the baby. <laughs> are we going to be- have like another child based? Oh, I guess, child- yeah. Falafel mm. was. You know, Falafel achieve world peace by saving the children of the world, so perhaps we should do something different this week. Could, could we maybe uh, bring in the shopping mail, maybe? Oh, yeah. Is the shopping mail an ally, or is it, here we go, is it a supervillain that was part of their creation, right? Maybe shopping mail sets out to create an entire sort of um, generation, or just... Try to create a lot of consumers, right? Mm-hmm. Test tube consumers to shop in their mails, but there was a fault in the system, and that led to the creation of Baby Stoppy Montoya. The villain. Uh, so this this guy that's creating all these babies can he co- be called Baby Boomer? Oh, what? Well, I thought he was Shoppy Mail. That's that's his real life name. He is just shop. Oh, you know that guy? Yeah, yeah, I've seen him about. That's Shoppy Mail. Don't don't worry about him. He's harmless. He's harmless. Harmless. Yeah. Harmless. <laughs> but Baby Stoppy literally calls themselves Baby Stoppy because they're going to stop Baby. Oh, oh, okay, I get you. So Baby Stoppy has like just a, a vendetta against this Baby Boomer character. Yeah, like Montoya maybe was like their test tube baby name. Mont- what? Montoya is a very out there name. I, I and- tend to think of it as kind of a... It sounds a bit like it'd be some kind of private detective or like some sort of maverick cop. Or a swashbuckler. Yeah. See, the swashbuckling connection is there with the whole movie thing. You know the one movie. Yes, I did. I've tried, Josh. I tried. I really tried. <laughs> what? Tried what? <laughs> Move on. Did, did, did I miss the thing again? Yes, you missed the thing. Oh. Anyway. So, it's a very swashbuckly potential name, but... Maybe Montoya. Montoya sounds like it's quite an old-fashioned name. Maybe this is a period hero, right? Let's move away from Well, the... you, do, you do have to remember that we have also chosen an old-fashioned car. Yeah. So exactly. So we do have to do that. So, so is this set in the era of the baby mo- uh, boomers? What's that, the, the 50s and yeah, 60s? Yeah, 50s. Yeah. Yeah. So the king baby boomer or queen baby boomer or the, the royal baby boomer, is creating a new... a new I don't want to say race. No, a just, new... they're, they're just people of all races, I guess, that they're engineering with a huge desire for consumerism. Is that right? Yes, yes, that is right. And out of one comes Baby Stoppy Montoya, who is so agitated by the, the process of their birth. Maybe they're literally... Could, 
could we have a robot? Ooh. A robot main character. Okay, 50s. 50s has a lot of nostalgia and a lot of visuals that we can blatantly steal. Hear me out. I'm going to stick as close to this car creation generator and say, maybe this is a world of robots and they're 50s styled robots. So they're all very sleek and um, they all look like Cadillacs and they look like those, they're, they're very like chrome, clean, smooth uh, curves. Are we talking a similar world to that very famous film Robots starring Ewan McGregor and Robin Williams? Imagine that film, but with a soul and, and where robots are built, but not in a weird way that implies weird connections to sex. Because did you ever did you ever watch that film and see the the section where the main character Hugh McGregor is actually like built? No. It, it has it has a great joke in that when the the parcel of <laughs> the parcel of baby robot parts arrives, they're like, oh dear, it's here, and the the lady robot's like, yes, making the kid is the best part. <laughs> but um. And then they have a weird montage where they literally put together this child. Imagine that, but less creepy. That weirded me out. Apart from that one joke, which was fantastic, which I made the film for me. I disagree. I think more creepy. More actual sex, please. You, you, oh, oh, Jade's been fueled by that Alfie. She wants to I think, okay, so I have to establish. Um, are we talking about a world that's entirely full of robots as as in that film or... Are we talking about something more like The World's End, where it's full of consumer-driven robots that appear human? Ooh. I like Ooh. the latter. I also like the latter. Okay, so perhaps these consumer-driven cyborg-type creatures are created through some sort of very creepy sex. Baby Boomer is this sort of hybrid creation. Baby Boomer? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so, okay... I like how weird we're getting now. We're digging for that gold. Baby Boomer has weird villainous sex. Mm, no, not villainous. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, he, he, Him and his partner, they enjoy it very much. I'm sure their partner, whoever they are, you know, takes part in the creation of these baby boomer babies. Hmm. Very much enjoys it because they want to make the big ones. Exactly. They're, they're a partnership. They're the baby boomers. Mm-hmm. And uh, this woman with her... Cyber womb is creating all these children. Maybe one's defective. Maybe one doesn't quite look human. The calm one. The... What was the other characteristic, Josh? Uh, lonely. The lonely one. And also hipster. And yeah, because the they... Oh, these are perfect. Yeah, so she'd be like... um, She wouldn't be able to fit in with the other babies, whereas they have actually been engineered by their so-called parents to, you know, want to socialise, to talk about all the shit that they've bought so that all their friends will buy more shit because that's what they've been bred for, to buy okay. shit. I can we have ca- got Ooh. it. I have oh, okay. got it. Sorry, Josh. That's fine. You you go first. I, I think I got this. So the children are the villains. Right. Um, the, the other robots that come from Baby Boomer, Boomers, are almost like Mega Man. Like, each one is unique, but they're mm. all powered by consumerism and they have consumerist style powers to them so they're all like a big happy family a happy robot family obsessed with consumerism 
Bingo. I love this. That's even better. That's I yeah, I, I agree it was slightly too creepy to go the previous route. So you got this like big family, of course the parents are at the top, who are these they I guess they're human except for the vital instruments. Well, I imagine that maybe they've like kind of souped themselves up, so maybe like b- she's able to birth so many sort of baby minions because she's, you know, engineered herself into a perfect bit a birthing mm-hmm. machine, which is a hilarious commentary on social yeah. consumerism, but there um, we go. Mean, lean, um birthing baby machine. machine. What were you gonna say, Josh? I I, well, I completely I, I was going that. to um bring up something about how robots age. Go on. And I was thinking potentially if our uh, baby stop human tire is um kind of like hipstery or kind of like outside of the regular nuclear kind of family they've got going mm-hmm. um yeah you know rest- typical nuclear family of one mum, one dad and a billion children yeah a billion mo- robot children yeah, yeah, yeah. um mm-hmm. all of the kids kind of get upgrades or like age themselves up through like the newest stuff yes mm. can baby stop him on tire maybe not get that and they kind of build themselves up with their own kind of upgrades and things. Yes, of course. They're hipster, aren't they? So they're going to do their yeah. own thing. Maybe they can be ahead of their time by a, lud- a ludicrous degree, and they are literally like a modern hipster-looking robot in the 50s where everyone else is wearing um, uh, the plaid shirts and um, bandanas over their hair. And- to expand on that, I was mm. going to say, if they're a true version of the hipster cliché, then surely... Did they live on the ground? No, where on earth did... Anyway. No, you completely derailed my thought. Oh, no. I'm just thinking about a bunch of hipsters huddled in like a cave now or something. (laughs) You know, you've not heard of this band. They're too underground. That's it. Yes, you brought me back to my point. If she's a true hipster, wouldn't she come up with her own upgrades but then the other babies copy her and then she gets rid of the upgrades that they've copied because she's like, no, I thought of it first. It was cool before you guys put them on. Oh, that could, could be these upgrades maybe be superpower based? Of course. Yeah. So this, this is how we bring in the uh, the hero angle. Mm-hmm. The upgrades that she's making for herself are, I don't know, like, for example, crazy jumping legs, which are yeah. the name for this item as well, I think. Now. Um, Baby Stuppy Montoya's crazy jumping legs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you created just then. <laughs> yep. Um, it sounds a bit like a Willy Wonka kind, kind of sweep. Um, <laughs> to obviously, can make her jump really good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Very, very good. I think she should have the hacking ability that you brought up at the start, Dean. Because hmm. that would be okay. essential for bringing down some sort of consumerist... Uh, consumerist, yeah. I guess that's the right word? Corporation? Yeah. Mm. See, I think Cap- she... Capitalist? Yes. Capitalist, perfect. Maybe she runs her own shop, right? Maybe that part of the consumerist programming in her is still functioning and she has her own sort of off-street shop, you know, in an alley where she is tinkering and making her own not only upgrades but various pieces of technology for the humans of the time to use, which could be hilarious considering she um, is so ahead of her time. She could be all like, Hey, this device can hold every song that you've ever heard, listened to, or will ever conceive. Isn't this great? And people can be like, ah, it kind of doesn't look like a vinyl to me. I'd rather just, I'd rather just sit in a bar and 
Hairband Live. I've What's... got a perfectly good jukebox right here. Boom. There it is. Much more eloquently written than I just fumbled <laughs> out. Mm-hmm. And she she could also pitch, oh, this is a telephone that you can literally take anywhere. Why would you need to take a telephone with you? There's phone booths all over this city. I think this creates a really good idea for a format for this story. Oh, that she creates a new thing. No, no, no. So if she has like, um, maybe not entirely hidden away shop, but like it's just off of like a high street mm-hmm. where there's like a lot of sort of family run or small businesses, no, no chain shops or anything. Yes. And everyone on the strip is being run out of business by the big baby boomer company. Yes. That's creating its own self-perpetuating economy. But also, yeah, dragging in, you know, human consumers as well, which is dragging business away from the indie shops. And so you've got this interesting format, maybe like of every issue, you know, baby stoppy Montoya. Yeah, they, they have to deal with another shop owner. And this is part of the development of baby stoppy because they have to socialize with a human being and and learn what they like to buy. And that's very much part of their programming that they're trying to rebel against. Jade. You've just cracked this nut. Yeah. I like uh, this. Yeah. This is flourished. Um, of course, the baby boomers are creating their robots because, you know, they, they are trying to influence people to shop in their stores. Exactly. And so they need, right? They need people to do that. Yeah, but the babies, you know, they influence... Um, by the way, uh, listeners, when we call them babies, we're talking about, like, the baby boomers' children, but they don't remain babies. Like they, no, they they are not toddlers. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. God, that would be horrible. Can you imagine like a little army of toddlers? Yeah, <laughs> but they infiltrate, you know, human society, and they, you know, they create conversation about the hip new products. Mm, mm. Imagine social media, but happening on the streets. It'd be terrible. Oh, <laughs> imagine boy. social media, but happening. <laughs> you mean conversation? Oh, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Please subscribe to our various feeds on Tumblr, <laughs> iTunes, and on Twitter me, at BBR underscore podcast. This just reminds me of that kid that's like, how do I, how do I hang, what, how do I hang up this this real life landline phone? Where's oh. the where's the off button? It's not an iPhone. Oh, be nice to those kids. I mean, it'd be like us trying to operate a fucking uh, turntable. I, I actually had to uh, try and change a, a ribbon in a fax machine the other day. Whoa. Wow. And I honestly have never even properly seen a fax machine before. And I imagine it was very similar to that. Mm. A fax machine? A fax machine. <laughs> Whoever's using that, uh, attention, anyone still using a fax machine? What the fuck? What the? You heard of email? You heard of that? I'm, I mean, we're not a very judgmental podcast, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling it coming on right now. I, I was baffled. I'm, I'm still baffled. <laughs> Maybe this is... This is the personality we're all evoking of Baby Stoppy because this is when she truly gets animated, when she's, you know, saved a shop from going under because of her parents' corporation. And then they're talking about some old shit that they're still using. And that's when she finally kind of opens up. She's like, what are you, you're still using the, this version of this, you know, coffee maker? What the hell? And then she whips out her tools and she tinkers and she's like, this is how coffee should be made. And Boom. So let's explore Baby Stoppy Montoya a little bit. Mm-hmm. Montoya for sure. We've talked a lot about the setting and we finally we finally nailed that down after a very healthy creative discussion. But who is the character? Jade has gotten 
one harpoon in this well at the moment with the hole is brought to life by the discussion of technology. This is this is cool. It's kind of like, shoot, there was a cartoon about some teenage robot lady in a high school. It was on big on DeviantArt. I can't remember what it was called, though. You know the one, the blue one? Yeah, with the triangle pigtails. Yeah. It's giving me a little bit of that vibe, but I want that, but a little bit more... A little bit more, a little bit more serious, I guess. Because, mm. as I mentioned, she looks a little bit different to the rest of the babies. The rest of the babies are almost replicant style, right? But no one ever notices because they're no. so good at blending in. Uh, only, only when they're offering like new kind of coffee brands. Have you just... heard of the new blend? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like that moment in like Truman Show where yeah. the, the wife yeah. just suddenly goes off and she's like, <laughs> only the purest cocoa. <laughs> And she looks at the camera, and there's no camera. And he's like, who the, who the fuck are you talking to? Montoya, though, she she came out defective. Maybe she's got um a few cool, like, future lines on her face, uh, enough to distinguish her and be rejected mm. by mother and father. Mm. And she, of course, is the spirit of entrepreneurship and ingenuity when she's coming up with these crazy inventions that are, are yet to be discovered. I've just had a quick little thing. Can she wear glasses, even though she doesn't need to because she's a robot? Yep. And then, when she wants to try and fight crime, she takes the glasses off. Oh, she's Clark Kent in it. She's Clark Kent in it. Absolutely. I like Good. it. Maybe. Thank you. Proceed. <laughs> it could be a, a cool character moment, because maybe she puts on the glasses to feel a little bit more at home in the world of people. Mm. It's sort of her connection. I was going to say another visual thing that would be good, like just another defect that her parents wouldn't like her for. I imagine a lot of the more adult versions of the children would have grown like this perfect hair, kind of like Barbie Ken kind of hair. Oh, yeah, you know, like the 50s style. Step for wives or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that comes down on the flick. But with Montoya, like maybe half of their hair or like a good chunk it's just like those baby dolls where there's just the kind of the, the, bit the, sticking out. Yeah, like the, the buzz. Yeah. And it's like, like oh. Like Angelica from the Rugrats. Yes, yes. And it's just not grown properly. <laughs> and they're like, no, she'll never become one of them. Imperfect. <laughs> Unsociable. Jesus Christ. Dude, I'm kind of digging baby Stummy Montoya. <laughs> yes. And of course... Of course, her shop is going to have like a yellow door or a yellow yes. storefront. Oh, yeah, of course. And she she wears a lot of plaid, a lot of... Maybe she doesn't really dress, uh, dress specific to her gender at the time because, hey, that's a little bit mainstream, hmm. a little bit too... And of course, th- these mainstream clothes are going to be sold by... Huh? Going to be sold by the man and well, the woman. In that case, she could be gender fluid. She, you know, she uses the she pronoun because that's what her parents told her she was. Yeah. But there you go. She could be fluid. She's she's a robot after all. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's just what she wants to be on the day. Exactly. And hey, she's resourceful enough to achieve that, mm-hmm. despite the world and various fashion and shops and whatnot pushing her certain ways. So something's occurred to me. We kind of need. I was reading something by a writer um, recently that talked about the lack of agency in a lot of protagonists. So I feel like we've leapt from she's born defective, therefore she fights back against her parents, when actually a lot of kids who are rejected by their parents just cling to them more and try to impress them more. So I'm wondering if we can figure out a motivation that forces her to 
abandon her family and the millions of babies for her own life in, in the shopping arcade. Okay, so you want to take this in a slightly different direction. No, 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 I'm just no, no, saying no. there's a gap. We've already got A from A to B, but we need to get between A and B. Yes. How do you impress your parents more, parents who run a business and have grown up in business, than to... Say, like, could she try and make her own, like, present all of her new kind of upgrades or, like, things to her parents? Mm, like, yeah, New, new like, like business ideas or something? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, hey, I've got these crazy jumping legs. No! But her parents keep stealing all of her ideas to sell them on, and that, like, eventually sort of ah. wears at her until she grows resentful of her parents. Okay, like, yeah, that's good. Once and for all. Even better. And, of course, uh, that'd be her motivation for starting a business as well to be all like hey i'm doing what you're doing mummy and daddy and they're all like huh and then she comes up to them and says hey here's um a laser that is powered by water and they're like oh we're not impressed by that fucking unit 2805 (laughs) pick up that fucking thing right now (laughs) and then it's on a billboard the next day and she's all like oh so like one too many stolen inventions yeah A robot can only take so much. Mm, okay, so that's sort of A.1. Mm-hmm. So A.2, no, actually B.1, because B would be her getting her own shop. And yeah. I think we need to figure out her ambition. So just fighting back against her parents is sort of vague. So like, what's what's her ambition? If she's going to try and like save all the indie shops, is, is her ultimate goal to sort of eradicate consumerism or is that too simple because without consumerism in a small fashion her friends in the shops wouldn't do well either let's get into a philosophical debate about <laughs> capitalism <laughs> Oof, really te- we've only got 10 minutes to go i'm not sure if <laughs> excellent time, <laughs> let's never do that on this light and breezy superhero podcast um in terms of your question jade i think it might be is is there such a thing as honor in business I know business isn't personal, etc., etc., but maybe, maybe this might be a world where there's such thing as you know everyone can have their place. Businesses don't need to engulf and take over one another, and they don't need to appease stockholders and all that gross shit that's kind of killing our planet right now. Maybe this before the baby boomers, there was sort of almost like a trade setup where every person did their thing and they were good at that thing and they propped up this world. And then the baby boomers came along with their very aggressive business tactics and they quickly shot up to fame and they had this almost like a supermarket, but shopping mail uh, invented one of the first shopping malls, which is basically all of the city's trade in one building. Which is how he got access to all the stuff he needed to upgrade his human, his feeble human body and his partners. Right. And then, of course, these malls and these businesses inside them grow to a huge amount, overflowing out of the malls, <laughs> out of the malls, into uh, the wider <laughs> world, cities all over the country. And this trade um, setup that they had before starts to collapse well yeah a lot of people aren't going to want to do their jobs if they can you know be buying shit to have fun exactly and of course a stoppy baby montoya comes along and she <laughs> reads about the golden age of trade <laughs> no we're not going that route <laughs> again I, okay scrap everything i said in the last like three minutes no <laughs> uh maybe 
maybe it's just um just wanting people to be able to do what they're good at. I think it's an interesting idea, but what if you flip it in terms of the chronology? So maybe this takes place in you know even though there's malls and there's high streets and shops and whatnot. The actual law governing business is perhaps really like vague and people kind of are swindling and conning all over the place. And perhaps the defeat of the baby boomers at the end of this story by baby stoppy Montoya is what finally brings about like worldwide recognition that there needs to be like a trade union. She's, she's of got some sorts. kind of business vigilante. Yeah. She's done all this stuff to save the world, but in doing so, she's kind of. Um... She's like forging a new world. Yeah. Yeah, she wants things to be fair for business owners. Hmm. Yeah, I like this a lot, actually. You've almost got like this sort of bell curve of what happens to business. You know, there's sort of like almost like a, an ordered chaos about it. And then the baby boomers come along and then lots of underhanded business and monopolies appear. And then uh, Baby Stopping Montoya comes along, takes out all the all the babies and the baby boomers themselves. And she brings about a nice piece where all the trade um, traders and shop owners, business owners, agree on a base set of rules. But of course, once she's done this, her origins come to light, and so <gasps> and so she must fade into the shadows, never, never to be a business person again. Oh no! But it's Tragedy. okay. It's okay because she heads to the underground where the hipsters apparently hang out. <laughs> she's calm and lonely, Jade. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. We, Josh, yes. you, this episode is your origins as a superhero generator. <laughs> By God, you've cracked it. You've, you've broken out your tank. You've crash landed on earth and you've delivered unto us baby stoppy Montoya. Thank yeah. you so much. You're welcome. I think the questions were a very good idea because it actually got mm. us using our brains before we'd actually heard the name. No, I just yeah. like. Much like Josh, I just kind of like to crash land into a superhero and be like, uh, they're a, they have this job and they have the superpower at the end. Don't reduce our podcast to that. Clown. (laughs) They have a falafel for a nose. Uh, (laughs) Nah, our podcast is much more complicated than that. You can't, you can't do this at home, listeners. You you definitely can't do this at home if you get a pen and paper and just write down a bunch of ideas and then keep. Uh, whittling down those ideas into a writable form and then change that form into a story. You definitely oh, no. can't do that. We, we've become Baby Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you can't create your own superheroes from random prompts. No, just no, buy ours. That's our thing. And if you want it, you can buy a t-shirt. Jay, I'm going to need you to make some t-shirts. You can buy a sidetrack plushie. Oh, fine. I'm quite impressed, no. actually, how we managed to fit all of our inspirations into kind of the story this week as well. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about it. We have it's... hipsters, we have consumerism, we have mm-hmm. sexy stuff. Mm-hmm. We we also had cars, I guess, machines, you know? Mm. Yeah. We should do this more often, the whole inspiration thing. I and think we try, because we start kind of bringing in some of the ideas from what we've been reading, and then we veer mm. wildly off. <laughs> I mean, we get sidetracked. Sidetra- oh. Sidetracks here. Um, you know what? I think... Let's let's have like a one sentence wrap up on who the baby boomers are. Give me a sentence about the baby boomers, Jed. One sentence. Okay. Um, a couple who engineered their bodies into the perfect baby making machines, and they produced hundreds of babies 
who they've grown and genetically modified and enhanced to become perfect socialites that encourage consumerism. That was a beautiful sentence with 60 commas in it, and I give you a thumbs up. <laughs> Josh, give me a sentence about who Baby Stoppy Montoya is. Baby Stoppy Montoya is hipster, calm, and lonely. Full stop. Great stuff, yep. Josh. <laughs> and, and is also uh, one of the, they say, defective babies. But uh, she kind of opens up her own upgrade store on the high street and attempts to uh, kind of save the stores around her in some kind of like odd jobs, Monster of the Week-esque kind of scenario. Mm. Dude, Monster of the Week scenarios get a bad rap, but mm. they can be real fun. I think there's a lot of uh, stuff to be mined from it. Yeah, definitely. High mm. Street Monster of the Week. You can have like, um, they're trying to like sell jewelry, so you can have like a very bling monster or robot, sorry. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, we'll have, there'll always be a shop and there'll always be a baby to kind of complement it and then just stick it all together in it. I love it. I love it just so works. much. It just works. Just to add one more thing, perhaps each, you know, robot of the week, each baby of the week, <laughs> baby of um, the week, isn't like the only threat. Like the true threat of them is the mob that they've gathered under their mm. specialization. So, like, I don't know, give me an example of a shop ice cream uh, store. Okay, now I like the ice cream one. Maybe okay. they're like, okay, um, this particular baby has convinced everyone that ice cream isn't where it's at. It's about, like, Froget. <laughs> that bastard. So it's not about taking down the baby. It's about convincing the mob that the Ooh. baby's wrong. Dude, it's like marketing versus marketing almost. Yeah. Man, if there's one thing I love, it's marketing. It's not like I made an entire comic series about shops fighting or anything. <laughs> and if you want to read Cafe Suwada, <laughs> check it out on uh, Webtoon and various other web websites. Check it out at Jade Lyco. Jaded Lyco? Jaded Lyco on Twitter. Yes, there you go. There you go. We did it. Thank we shoehorned it all in. We did. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in and keeping up. And if you have any ideas about Baby Stopping Montoya, any ideas for babies or something you want to inject into the setting, just send us a tweet at BBR underscore podcast. Everything's canon. We just want to, we just want to flesh this out as much as we can because we've had 11 children at this <laughs> present moment in time and we love every single one of them as dearly as the last. Possibly even more so. Definitely even more so. I'm sorry, Green Hyena, but you're kind of like a <laughs> child. How dare you? Don't listen to him, Green Hey, hair. you gotta pick a favourite. <laughs> If you can do us a few favors, ask them every week. I got to. It's my podcast job. Uh, if you can leave us a sweet review on iTunes, it will help us out so much with various ratings and playing the numbers game and whatnot. And if you do play that numbers game, your name will be used to generate one of our heroes. So just send us a review, give us a star rating. Uh, anything you can do to help us out will be appreciated. And of course, word of mouth. It still works. We've been talking about business. Business owners will tell you golden rule is get people talking about your business. So if you could get people talking about us, even just a little bit, we would very much appreciate it. How that sound? I mean, it sounds pretty good. Yeah. There you go. It would sound pretty good. Thanks, Jade. And all that is left for me to say is that you have been bitten by a radioactive podcast. I am Dean McKnight. I'm Baby Jade Sarson. And I'm Wee Stoppy Joshy Randall. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is um, 
Dean McToya signing off. I gotta keep up with the, the trends, the latest trends. That's also another business thing. All right, see you later, guys. Beep, beep. Shutting. Shutting down. Thank you for visiting. Welcome to the Bitten by Radioactive Podcast credits. Bitten by Radioactive Podcast is hosted by Dean McKnight, Jade Sarson, and me, Josh Randall. It is edited by both Dean and myself. And I feel as though we probably mentioned this at least five times an episode. Don't forget that you can become a hero as well if you just leave us an iTunes review. And we'll incorporate you into one of our future prompts for a future episode. And also get in contact with us on BBR underscore podcast in case you think that we have missed a trick with uh, one of our heroes. And that is all for this week. We will see you again next week on Still Bitten by Radioactive Podcast. From Easy A to Zombieland Z, we are Can We Get Emma Stone to Listen to This, the podcast that aims to answer exactly that. I am TV's Kevin Lanigan, and I will do whatever it takes to get Emma Stone to listen to an episode of my show. <laughs> I think Hollywood celebrities just need to get used to Trump as our president. Alt right, alt right, alt right. All right. I'll try everything. We Giving up halfway through the board of Monopoly, my daughter, Belinda, had flipped over the table onto her mother, and she was currently trapped beneath it, so we were trying to find games we could play that did not necessitate moving around or the use of the bottom half of one's body. I'll do anything. As you reach into your pocket to pull out your iPhone, she stands up, and her form begins to shift into that of an ancient red dragon. What the f- Well, Emma Stone wasn't in the monster manual, but dragons were. I had to improvise. All in the pursuit of one goal. Available now on the podcatcher of your choice. Every Tuesday, from now, until we get Emma Stone to listen to this. And no, it's not a sex thing. <laughs>